Hello, and welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage Podcast. Like, you know, add some animation to your voice rather than just reading off a page. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thank you for listening this Friday, February 12th, 2021. Topics on this episode include hoarding home builders, a discussion with Rob Chrisman about recent industry changes, and the takeaways from yesterday's unemployment figures. Remember that 10 years ago, large corporations were soaking up the majority of homes that came on the market? I mention this because they still own hundreds of thousands of residences, and these companies have certainly enjoyed the appreciating market for real estate. One of them, Blackstone, is buying Interior Logic Group for $1.6 billion. Interior Logic Group is a data-driven and technology-enabled provider of interior design, supply chain, and installation management solutions to several of the nation's largest single-family home builders. In addition, it turns out that as 2020 unfolded, with the surge in demand, new home builders started hoarding inventory, largely in Q3, to ensure they still had something to sell as prices continued to rise. Builders are actually holding on to that product because it's selling so fast and they're releasing fewer units. For the links to those stories, visit robchrisman.com, and I will have more on the latest housing prices below. I wanted to bring Rob Chrisman back on to talk about some recent industry changes that we've seen. So if we get into a rising rate environment, what do you think is going to happen to margins? Well, that's a good question because a lot of experts are predicting we will see higher rates going forward or at least gently higher rates. That said, the Federal Reserve has pretty much made it clear that they are in a holding pattern until they see signs of the economy actually improving and some kind of signs of inflation, which uh, haven't been apparent. So, but generally speaking, interest rates have certainly nudged up over the last few months for a variety of reasons. But the primary two reasons why rates have gone up a little bit is that investors think we may see growth going forward. And so they are anticipating a little pickup in the economy, which is a good thing. I think everyone's tired of the economy not doing much. Uh, But the second reason, which isn't so good, is that the uh, U.S. government continues to issue record amounts of debt. And granted, they are at low rates. So old debt that's at a higher rate is being retired. New debt at lower rates is being issued. But that is basically financing the current set of stimulus packages that are out there. So that is a uh, is a mixed blessing but let's say rates do go up a little bit what will that do to margins it depends on the workload of lenders that are out there and how much capacity they have because looking back to 2020 the industry got smacked with all kinds of volume and the quickest way to turn off volume of course is with rate sheets and raising your rates and raising your prices. And so that was done because we saw so much business. Now, to the extent that we start seeing less business coming through, less refinance, less purchase, whatever it might be, if volume starts to drop a little bit and companies still have the operational capacity to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to move forward to process loans that they have in the pipeline or even add loans, then you will start to see companies lower their margins to bring in a little bit of volume to keep their operations staff busy and keep their loan officers busy. So margins 
are thought to eventually naturally compress as refis drop off a little bit. So the question is how fast will that happen? How long uh, until things kind of normalize back to profit margins in prior years and so forth. But overall, I would say that the industry is still dealing with a huge amount of, of business. They are understaffed and uh, until the uh, until this glut of refis passes through the industry, which will be later this year, I think margins should hold in there pretty well. There's been a lot of talk about uh, the GSEs and conservatorship, uh, namely that one and a half billion dollar cap on on annual cash window sales. How are lenders viewing that? Well, I think it's important for lenders to keep in mind two things with regard to this cap on whole loan window sales. The first is it doesn't take effect for almost a year, another year. And so the industry, the MBA, state and regional organizations certainly have time to try to change the minds of uh, the FHFA and of the Treasury Department between now and then. A year is, is, year is an ample time. Um, the second thing is it's one and a half billion per agency. So a total of three billion to Fannie and Freddie, which for a smallish mortgage company or anybody that's 250 million a month, which is a pretty good uh, amount of, of potential volume. But it's important to remember that the MBS execution does exist and a lot of the large aggregators are taking advantage of that execution. Uh, and then lastly, the question about what is this going to do to the industry as a whole? This industry is, has overcome a lot of obstacles in the last 10 or 15 years. And this isn't a, a game ending roadblock by any stretch of the imagination. It changes some of the execution on the back end for the larger players. For the smaller players, they may not even notice it. Uh, aggregators, I'm sure, will pass through, but the the overall impact hopefully will be will be minimal uh, for the industry. I hope so too. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming by and uh, talking with us a little bit today. I think the listeners always like it when you make an appearance. So thank you. You bet. Anytime. Inflation, or lack thereof, was still on investors' minds yesterday, as was progress on stimulus and vaccine distribution. Economic releases on the day showed that state unemployment insurance fell slightly last week, though was still higher than forecast, while claims for federal benefits swelled. Combined with an upward revision in the prior month and over 330,000 applications filed through a temporary federal relief program, combined claims have not fallen below $1 million in a week since May of last year. Unemployment paints a picture of a recovery still struggling for momentum. By the end of the day yesterday, treasuries had pulled back slightly and the MBS basis closed mixed with lower coupons tighter and higher coupons lagging. How about some good news? Fueled by the lowest mortgage rates in history, the median price of a single-family home climbed 14.9% to $315,000 in Q4 of 2020, the fastest pace on record, surpassing the peak from the last property boom in 2005. It was also the biggest surge in data going back to 1990, according to the National Association of Realtors. And the primary market survey from Freddie Mac for the week ending February 11th saw the 30-year rate unchanged for the third straight week at 2.73%, with the 15-year rate two basis points lower at 2.19%. 
Separately, Black Knight reported that the number of mortgages in active forbearance fell again this week, dropping 48,000, 1.6% from last Tuesday. The New York Federal Reserve Desk released a new MBS purchase schedule covering the February 12th to 26th period, totaling $62 billion or $6.2 billion per day on average. The new purchase schedule sees no changes to coupons. The tentative MBS purchase estimate covering the February 12th to March 11th period consisting of reinvestments was also released. $100 billion here and $100 billion there adds up. The desk will conduct two MBS purchase operations today, starting with $2 billion Gen E2, 2% and 2.5%, followed by 3.2 billion UMBS 30, 1.5% and 2%. Today's economic calendar is light, with only the February Michigan sentiment number, although New York Fed President Williams will make remarks. We begin the day with agency MBS prices down a few ticks, and the 10-year yielding 1.18 after closing yesterday at 1.16%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. In time for Valentine's Day, a husband had just finished reading a new book entitled, You Can Be the Man of Your House. Finding new courage that he never knew he had, he strode purposefully into the kitchen and announced to his wife, From now on, you need to know that I am the man of this house, and my word is the law. You will prepare me a gourmet meal tonight, bring it to me, and when I am done eating my meal, you will clear the dishes and serve me a scrumptious dessert. After dinner, you are going to go upstairs with me, and we will make love the way I want. Afterwards, you're going to draw me a bath so I can relax. You will put on soothing music, wash my back, and towel me dry. You will massage my feet and hands to relieve any last bit of tension so that I can sleep like a baby. Then tomorrow, guess who's going to dress me and comb my hair? The wife replies, The funeral director would be my first guess, unless I have your ass cremated. <laughs> Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.